It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 52 of the Redirect Podcast. It's Thursday, July 26, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. I'm joined this week by Ashley, Patrick, and Adrian from the Black Truck team. Hey, gang. Hey, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, everybody can poke fun in the fact that, A, we're recording on a Thursday and Pat can finally leak in, lean into the microphone. Lean in, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> lean in. Lean in. Gonna... Somebody get him a book. Mm-hmm. Not make any comments mm-hmm. further. All right. Well, <clears throat> welcome to this episode Extra of the redirect. Too. Yeah. Oh God, no. Oh, we're not. We're not going there. We're gonna. This. We're gonna move. No, no. We're gonna move forward. No. No cuts. Yeah. No cuts. Somebody raw. drops the f bomb. We're we'll just keep rolling. Raw and unfiltered, actually. So lots of things uh, happening in the search industry this week. We finally have the official rollout. I'm looking across at Pat um, of. Google Ads, so let's no longer call it AdWords. Um, I'm still calling it AdWords. Our AdWords team still calls it AdWords. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine, so that's okay. By the time people actually make the move over to the new ads interface, yeah, something <laughs> something will change. So I think between that, uh, Chrome starts telling users HTTP <laughs> sites are not secure. Finally, so. They said July. They actually did something about it. So here we go. Here we go. So what do you guys have to share this week? I'm not going to jump in on my super geeky topic <laughs> just yet. I'm going to let you guys ease everybody in. I would like to share that the new Google Ads logo is far too similar to the Google Drive logo. So, huh. Which is also similar to all of their other yes. webmaster products. Yeah. Right. So... Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a tab person. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been complaining about it in the mm-hmm. office here. So yeah. um, when your Google, Ad, Google Ads tab is next to your Google Drive tab mm-hmm. in Chrome, the favicon looks identical and you get mm-hmm. confused. So um, just a little learning curve. Also, if you go to adwords.google.com, it redirects you to ads.google.com. But if you go to ads.google.com and you log in, it takes you to adwords.google.com. Wait, who's on first? Right. Get it yeah. together. Yeah. No. Serious. Really complicated. Very, very complicated. Uh, so I can jump into a conversation about um, keywords in keyword clustering uh, mm-hmm. in different search intent in uh, categories of uh, keyword research. Something that was discussed at, at MozCon a little bit in uh, the, the Clustering, the specific subject of clustering has uh, piqued interest for me, and it's something that I've been trying to come up with uh, a solution for in my own work and without being able to verbalize what that is called, and clustering, I think, is, <laughs> is a pretty good way to, to, to call it out. And um, something I've always struggled with is the 10 different ways to say the exact same thing and what you bid on and how you go after it. And, and what, what do you put in your your uh, titles and your descriptions? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So much, <clears throat> we still see so much spam out there in page titles and descriptions and H1 tags and things of that nature. And the clustering is what Google is really working on moving forward. And 
the different search intent, the way that clustering can work, uh, breaks it down into uh, five different, or sorry, four different uh, intent categories or intent groups. We have commercial or high intent, informational intent, transactional intent, and navigational intent. And uh, this this isn't anything new. This isn't something that is up and coming. It's just something that I'm verbalizing that, again, from time to time on these podcasts, I like to go back to the basics and, and reevaluate the way we're doing things. And uh, the questions we, we need to ask ourselves is what is the function of the page? What are we trying to do and who are we trying to reach? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a big concept on how you phrase out your page. Like what, what, is, what is the function of, is, it, is this a, an ad? Are you, are you trying to gain impression share for an ad? And what is that ad selling? Right. Is this impression share for a, an organic page, a search, an organic search? What are we trying to do? Uh, the, the commercial intent, which is the people that are ready to buy, uh, informational intent, people are researching, transactional intent, um, again, it's, it's buying. Um, informational can also be uh, an image search or um, people are ready to act would be um, a Google Maps search. You know, mm-hmm. I find myself using maps for searching way more than I have in, in years past yeah. lately. A uh, lot more intent-driven keywords instead of just randomly putting a list of 500 keywords that you're focusing on that all kind of mean the same thing. Um, what I've been reading this week is uh, organizing keyword lists and putting them into different topics and different groups. Uh, I was just reading through an article here this, this morning here that I haven't quite gotten through all the depths of it yet. But uh, working to just organize these and reevaluating, going back to the basics, instead of just providing a spreadsheet of 200 lists to a client or an agency, or if you're uh, in-house working to just focus on that strict list. Well, what does that list do? What can you do with that list? Can you refine it to different uh, campaigns mm-hmm. internally, not mm-hmm. just paid campaigns, but just you know different pushes or different um, promotions or different articles? Do it with intent. Well, it comes back to you're not producing content to produce content you know, for content's sake. So it's you have um, there's the three buckets of content. I'm looking at some of our own processes and stuff, and Adrian Ashley will surely chime in is that brand affinity content and where those keyword clusters fit in, demand-based content, customer success and resources. You know, if you view content based off of that and our own probably content marketing models sometimes, um, where different types of keywords are based off of the intent um, and and the theme of it, I think it's really important. This just further kind of, I guess, elaborates on those that are still kind of lazy and are just trying to feed the robot mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. versus those that are trying to really serve a need of a public mm-hmm. or a stakeholder, right. which, I mean, that's marketing, right? You're supposed to care about the people True. that are the consumer. And so I think um, I heard you actually talking about this, I think, with a client on the phone the other day or somebody on the phone the other day. And, um, it seems like this should have come first, you know, like right. this shouldn't have. I don't know what took so long or how come this was so, this shouldn't be something that's like novel or new or exciting. This just makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said, like how many, how many types of phrases do you have to create to come up with the same idea? Right. 
Well, there's multiple ways to say it, right? There's multiple ways to say it. So why can't we just group that all together and say it's the same thing? Yes. And it's the way data is being provided to us in our search tools, that impression share is already being clustered mm-hmm. and told it, telling us what... Sure. It doesn't matter the tool yeah. you're using, it yeah. very much is being clustered. Right. So if this keyword phrase has 200 impressions a month and that one also has 200 impressions a month, more than likely it's they're uh, bringing the data together. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing your... If you're doing your keyword selection just strictly based off of what the data is telling you and not actually going and doing your own, yeah. you, what I refer to as like a gut check, you're not going and actually doing a couple searches yourself to see what's coming up, what are the suggested searches, the questions around that, who's coming up in those SERPs, mm-hmm. you're, you're not taking any of that into account. I don't know how you're going to be able to select the proper keyword theming or clustering approach. There's no answer. There's except gut checks and monitoring. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. That conversation made me think of um, one of the presentations at MozCon 2. I believe it was Hannah Thorpe who uh, mentioned the concept of canonical keywords. Um, the the different keywords that, like, or phrases that can mean the same mm-hmm. thing. And I thought that yeah. was interesting. That, that share the same search volume, going back to it. And then uh, a little bit of a tangent, but um, there's also talk about um, lemmatization. Um, I think it was part of Mike King's presentation. Um, So stemming different words, uh, different forms of words. I mean, this is somewhat basic, but also something to think about where there's, um, he used the Example of love, loving, lovingly, loved, lover. Like if those, mm. um, di- using different forms of the same word, um, then maybe this is kind of going in a different direction. But No, it's, it's, it's not. And it's really not. This, I don't think any of this is basic. Like I don't, I don't think you guys should discount it for, for that at all. Is that, that to maybe. Adrian's point, people still, marketers still, Designers, developers still are not thinking, SEOs are not thinking to this level. They're not thinking, you'll have a brand that has their own voice and, and, and they have their own brand affinity and this is who they identify with and this is what it should sound like when it has nothing to do with the layman and how they're searching for it. So we're like, okay, how do we mash that together? But then you're not taking it a step further and saying, well, what are those other questions? What are, what are the reasons why? And that's what Mike talks about, and that's where keyword clustering comes into play. It isn't just about one single keyword anymore. Right. And it hasn't been for a long time. It's, it's much, much more. It's, that's good. It's a good reminder. I'd like to segue into another cluster. Let's go. <laughs> a different type of cluster. You, know, Adrian, like you bring such a different dynamic to the podcast. I know. It's great to have you here. Yeah. It's just um, this is a street level cluster. Um, I know that a lot of people have been thinking, like, when will Facebook finally pay for the 2016 election drama? And if you've opened up your internet browser and at any point in the last two days, you've seen that they are paying for it, literally. Yeah, I almost discussed it. <laughs> I almost was going to talk about that. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Thank you. Um, but there was a um, shareholder call and a multitude of things that have happened over the course of the last several mm-hmm. months that have sort of um, created this system, let's say, mm-hmm. where Facebook is starting to kind of pay for shenanigans, essentially. And... Um, 
the first and foremost and most visible one that you've seen in pretty much every headline of every business magazine or newspaper is that the stock price and the after hours took a tumble and the reports were between 20 and 26%, but most people are reporting between 20 and 23%, hmm. which in number in like dollars in your pocket is 130 billion. It's a bunch of money. With a B. So, um, disclosure, I own six shares of Facebook. Mm. Yeah. So how do you feel about that today? You know, um, I'm good with it. It's you never really like to see that. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, we've actually just pulled up there. This is a, uh, <laughs> this is the one month. This is the 30 day. Right Pat there. watches it real close. Yeah, I, you know, there is that debacle, um, with, uh, Cambridge Analytica a few months ago. But that and, didn't and impact it, the price. That actually it, pushed the price it, up 26%. And when it was done, yeah, yeah. If you look at the six month, you can see those dips. Mm -hmm. You know, this is this is that, and then it came back, and here we are today. Are you advising people to buy in? I, I, <laughs> I'm not, I, know. I am not a licensed broker of any sort. So right, full disclosure. disclosure. Don't listen to me. Uh, right. What I'm saying is, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, they're having a rough week. Yeah, so here's here are all the things. Um, they're investing a ton in security, and to do that, they have to bring on a lot of people, and that pushes their um, their HR count basically mm -hmm. over like thirty one thousand people, which is wow. Um, I think that they're at like twenty eight. How's that compare to Amazon? Do you know? I have no idea. Mm. Um, the transparency in ads. Um, where now you can look up your own ad data and find out how exactly they're targeting you and yep. people aren't loving that and the whole delete Facebook situation that occurred pretty recently. Um, the GDPR privacy practices that's impacting their European um, modeling. Negative headlines, I mean, we got a lot of those. Um, Cambridge Analytica, Russia, election, I mean, pick one. September 30 is, is the is the deadline that I understand for uh, with ad targeting to be able to see data and stuff like that and uh, being able to target certain pools. Is that, is I'm, that still? I'm unaware of, kind of what I heard that from. deadline or if it will actually be enforced, to be honest with you. It's a great point. It is, um, uh, it is a political year for many and, it is, uh, you know, be a nightmare. get all that money. Um, they've all, So the, the thing that really takes the whole... Um, stock price really was that um, they reported that their expected quarterly revenue growth for the rest of the year was going to be down. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And I have noticed in my watching of the future, a.k.a. The Handmaid's Tale, um, <laughs> that they're running apology ads on Hulu um, for Cambridge Analytica and security and privacy, hmm. which is kind of an interesting way to go about retaining People. I mean, pretty much everybody has Facebook. Um, losing a million people to them is not a big deal. Um, but losing billions of daily active users or billions of daily um, or monthly active users is going to will start to become a problem for advertising, mm. which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. how they make their money. But I just want to know, like, is this even real? Like, is twenty percent? Who cares? Like, are we really concerned it's, about this? I feel like it's just like headline clickbait, to be honest with you. I don't see it as being real mm -hmm. it's um a hot button issue right now today but look at it again in a week and see what it's done right yeah because totally can see what it's the, done. you know the model is cambridge analytica like i feel like that was a pretty intense time for them and that re like their stock rebounded it went to record highs it went to record highs mm -hmm. well i'm curious so, before cambridge and then it jumped um, up to 200 they're in you know they're um um finances and when they reported that out was that, that that this is a period of slow growth but 
that's still them making $13.2 billion. And that's still 42% higher, like the year over statistics. So this year over last year. Mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that to me doesn't signal like 911 or, you know. Yeah, a lot of the. SOS. Right. A lot of the hoopla that you're going to hear are just people that are not investors. At the end of the day, the investors are going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you're in, if you're looking at technology in general and that Facebook is more than, you know, Facebook now is more than just Facebook. It's instant messenger is its mm-hmm. own separate app. Instagram, its own separate app. WhatsApp, yeah. the Market. acquisition of that, its own separate app. I'm surprised Marketplace hasn't spun off in its own separate app now. Um, but the new metric that they released in that to kind of like appease, I think, stakeholders or shareholders rather was um, 2.5 billion people use at least one of their apps mm. daily. At least one. So how many, okay, are you, did you log into Instagram today? I haven't or logged will out you? of Instagram ever. Right, <laughs> so are you using Instagram? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. using Instagram. That's oh, yeah. your main one. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook. yeah. I just, like this morning, I have a couple of friends that live overseas. We use WhatsApp for our main method of communication. Mm. Like, so I try to get to them in the early morning because that's when we can actually chat. So I've used all of those today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that I can get away uh, from that. Yeah. It's like a part of daily life. Right. So even if you're not posting like status updates or photos on Facebook, you're probably using something that they Mm -hmm. own or is related to their well-being. You're using it if you're not using it. True. Because you're you're, you're logged in in and you're traveling the internet, you're you're using it. Same thing with Google, right? I mean, it's Google, Facebook, Amazon. Those are your big three Mm -hmm. players to to focus on and, and to look at right now. Um, and so the future of Facebook, one of the parting, you know, items of that conference call that they had with their shareholders was that they're looking to further monetize instant <clears throat> messenger and further monetize WhatsApp, <clears throat> which I think most of the popularity of WhatsApp anyway has been lack of ads and promotional mm-hmm. items. So I don't use it cause I don't want another, I don't need to yeah. mess I, with another app. Like, I don't need to mess with another app. It's you know? good for international communication. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, outside of the States, it's a, it's a pretty popular. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's become um, a prime method for people to transfer money, mm-hmm. transfer mm-hmm. files, um, significant, you know, size files, photos, videos. Um, so I don't know if that's. We should make sure that we send a link to this podcast to Senator Orrin Hatch so he learns <laughs> how this right. works as so well. So he knows how the interwebs work. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. This is good. This is good. So oh, we shall see, as yeah. usual, how it plays out. Yeah, put it on your calendar to, to touch back on this. Mm-hmm. In like two six months? months? Yeah. Two months? Well, and the, yeah. the question is so you've got shareholder value, stock pricing. Mm-hmm. I always look at adverti- I call it advertiser value. Do do we see do we see an increase or decrease in the level of advertising that well, takes place, and do we see an increase or decrease in the cost per click or cost I per thousand? I was just looking at an article that said that uh, that tried to basically compare Google Ads with Facebook Ads, which is Can't. stupid, but it was out there, and of course, people said that Google Ads were more effective for them than Facebook Ads. Sure, but also like how I mean, I am on Google all the time. I Google everything. Everybody Googles everything. Mm-hmm. You're not Facebooking everything. Right, mm-hmm. right. So just the reach in general and the audience right. is so different it's, that you it's can't, impossible you, yeah, comparison. It's a much, right. much, much larger yeah. pool 
I think it would be nice to be able to try to make that comparison, but it's not an apples to apples game at all. It's right. like apples to screwdrivers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that anyone trying to make those types of comparisons runs a really dangerous risk of um, using advertising in such a solo and oh, isolated yeah. Yeah. bucket, you know, in a, in a silo, let's say that they're not really probably doing their clients much good anyway. So. Uh, it's a blend it's a mix you know i mean it's like anything else what's your you know what's your marketing mix who are you trying to reach but yeah yeah that's really good i got asked some interesting questions today about uh in an analysis of of a site from an seo's perspective is how uh how does a site look and how is a site viewed from a voice search perspective and for as much as we've talked about it and for as much I think that, that we do, that's actually the first time that that's been asked directly of, hey, how do we look from this perspective? And so reach out to a couple other industry professionals and there's really, there's really nothing that exists right now in the market to tell you whether or not you're, let's just call it optimized for voice search or how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly... Um, I think you could you could glean some insights from things such as certainly on a very much localized level things near me things by me that type of thing question question and answer answer based um, it's still going to be featured snippet or answer box read back are you winning those positions if yes then perhaps you're a little more in line with with voice search or or feedback for voice search and assistance um, so. Interestingly enough, conversation with Cindy Crum at Mobile Moxie, so good big hat tip to her, um, asking different questions about, about some, some details, and she pointed out and sent me down this other rabbit hole uh, from Aaron Bradley, who's from EA, so EA, EA Games, EA Sports, I can't remember what it is. Um, he's their knowledge graph strategist over there, and uh, he also runs his own site called SEO skeptic dot com, which is quite entertaining. But um, he, there was a, a tweet from him this week that I got turned on to. It's leveraging schema.org speakable. So Google announced a beta for U.S. news publishers that would allow them to mark up sections of news articles that are most relevant to be read aloud by Google Assistant. So that's the first time we've seen any kind of structured data specifically built around. Um, um, voice. Yeah. And so I went on to dig into it. It's, it's completely available in, in developers.google.com. Uh, if you search for, um, speakable and it's available on schema, uh, schema.org. Um, so what it does is it, it's going to look for those articles or a page that's best suited for an audio playback using text to speech. Um, the markup will allow these other applications to kind of identify what the content is, read aloud, give that back to you. Um, it can be used for Google Assistant to help distribute the content through new channels and a wider base of use. I'm basically reading that and paraphrasing right from Google. The structured data is looking things like uh, answering topical news queries uh, on smart, smart speaker devices. So this, you have to go through a process to understand whether or not your site and content is eligible. Mm-hmm. And the biggest rollout with it right now is news news media this is super problematic it is very problematic i mean talk about like your search bubble right like Mm -hmm. and how your like when your facebook feed is delivered to you and you have only certain types of news that's right so if you only have certain publishers that are even 
able to make that. I mean, this doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yep. Also, update on my Google Home Assistant. It's in a drawer unplugged. <laughs> this is great. So, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what... Interesting. <laughs> what do you know? I'm wondering what oh, in the world... Let's go back to Pat's prediction of geez, voice search in 2018. Yeah. Shut up, Google. But yeah. um, <laughs> that seems to be like, you know, segregation of data. That's... Well, I think to me as a researcher, I think it'll be interesting because Google's really pushed and and Twitter, all of them have pushed for this whole, you know, they've got to filter out this fake news. So this is going to muddy the waters. Giving people a choice. Well, no, giving, giving publishers better access or more access is the exact same. Like, right. Right. It's neither one, like all fake or all, you know, separated by whatever this is going to be like, that's not good either. Well, I think so. There's a couple, a couple different things. Let's let's walk through two two items here. You have to go through. This is for the U.S. only. Let's kind of set some ground also problematic. Rules. Yeah, U.S. only. <laughs> Google Home devices. So English speaking Google Home devices. U.S. only. Like let's not. I okay. can't believe someone doesn't think this is a terrible idea. Okay. So you have to go through the publisher center or set up a valid edition in Google News Producer. So there's proper channels and things to go through. That's not to say that, like, no offense to BuzzFeed, but that, like, BuzzFeed can't go and do the same thing, or I can't go and do the same right, thing with Michigan Ski Report. plenty right? of industry leaders that have really sound blogs. And, You're right. So let me, let me you challenge know. you with this, though. I think you make a great point, because the, the problem that this runs into is it, it butts up against good journalism, right, and, and search as we know it now with featured snippet. This, this is, is no about money. Mm, no. This yes, is, it is. If I'm no. a huge publisher, I can do this. If I'm a small blogger, I can't. Is that what this is? No, about? you could you could do this. I'm I'm going to walk through these steps. I think with with Michigan Ski Report, and, and I'll let you know how how it works mm-hmm. or if it flies. But what it is is that I can argue this point all day long. Is that this is no different than any site like advertising. than any site winning. No, you have to take the monetary mindset out of this. Mm. This structured data schema markup. This has. This, this is all about winning a featured snippet to get the audible feedback, the audible callback. This is no different if my commercial widget selling site wins that for how to make this widget blue versus Ashley's competing site of how to make this widget blue. It's no different. The problem is, is that we have, air quotes, free press. Mm-hmm. So this butts up against journalism. That's the biggest hitch in this. The other thing is U.S. only. What? Think about media right now. Who has the most objective look on American politics, let's say? Is it U.S. journalists? Is it U.S. news sure. folks? I don't know that it is. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just it's, saying that I, I don't think currently this is a. I don't think this is a monetary I mean, like Google Home thing. in the drawer. So and it's just in beta, so it's just like it's still being yeah. developed. Also, a point on that, as far as your thought on a small blogger versus a big time news outlet, a search a featured snippet generally is going to be something coming from evergreen content, not a revolving article. However, if they're not even eligible. That's the problem I feel like well, I'm getting, that two, I have a problem with. Two different things, too. So I think to go through those guidelines and be eligible, um, I'll look at those and we'll we'll circle the wagons and we'll include those in show notes. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That. I totally get it. But the other side, it too, is be that... coming from the content, but if you're not eligible... Well, how, be, let's say we're all el- eligible. It's 
how relevant you are. Yeah. If it's Michigan Ski Report versus U.S. News, and I'm more relevant to skiing in Michigan than U.S. News would ever be, and it's localized, I'm going to get the win. Right, if you're eligible. I, I said everyone. I, I The caveat was <laughs> the, the, the ground rule was everyone was eligible. Okay? But that's so, not how it actually is. We all get trophies, orange slices <laughs> all around God. for everyone. Okay? So that's, that's coming. Um, yes, you're correct. You have to be eligible for it. I get that. The, the eligibility requirements, I, I don't know uh, whether or not everybody will, you know, will be able to hit that or not. So um, that'll be interesting to see how it goes. So, okay. I love censorship. It's going to be great. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's basically about a one, it's a one to three week process uh, to go through. Hmm. Um so if the website is accepted, you'll see that it's included under mm -hmm. news in Search Console. Uh, if you're rejected, you'll see that it's, um, you know, site rejected. So um, if you get rejected, you can reapply for inclusion after 60 days. So there's some quick, some quick tips there. Um, certainly, I would think that if you were, you know, here locally, if you were a Grand Rapids Business Journal, an MLive, or somebody like that, that's, you know, your jam. You need to get on that. If you're a blogger... Mm -hmm. You're not going to have, yeah, you're right. You're not going to have the clout. You're not, you're not going to have the content to support but a lot I of those searches either. Specifically is like a lot of, let's say like automotive, a lot of automotive, like trending automotive news doesn't come from Ford.com. Yeah, sure. You know, or, or somebody like yeah, that. Yeah. It's somebody that's, um, you know, a specific a very specific blogger. So let's think about this. Let's let's go completely 180 and let me ask you guys what types of questions would you even ask Google Assistant on the news? I wouldn't because I, wouldn't. I know how it's set up now. <laughs> I would I would say, "Hey Google, play NPR." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it I, you, I wouldn't ever. I mean, yeah, I mean, I listen to NPR every day in the car and like and you know, I get my news through Twitter a, a lot or just looking up local news sites myself. Like, I would rather be an active I think this goes back major. to choice, and we were talking about that with the okay, so, reminder of the voice so, search. Like, I want to be able to choose stuff. So if you I want to be the filter. If you were more conservative-minded, would, would you ask would you ask? Google News, no. that type of thing. So and, and if you do, I, I, I think you're going to be asking it the same things that you're asking it now. What's the weather? What's a sports score? Something like that. I don't think you're going to say, you know, uh, what did Trump ban now? Mm -hmm. right? It's still a gimmick. Voice search is still a gimmick. I'm <laughs> saying it out loud. I said it in January. It's a gimmick. And we talked about it a lot because marketers push to have devices placed in our homes. Everyone said it was going to take off because marketing pushed the devices. Mm -hmm. The devices got cheap and everybody has them. That was the first step. But then it, it faltered and the adaption rate is floundering. I, just, I don't think that, the, that there's going to be an end to the push for it, though. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just no. seeing that in order for Google Home to make up the Alexa yeah. difference, basically they're looking at giving them away to pretty much every person that asks for one because it would still benefit them Yeah, because totally. of how it's used. They just um, got, Google just got banned, uh, um, 
it was a five billion dollar fee. Oh yeah. That. I I'm I I will tell you. So I swapped vehicles with my wife yesterday, and I, I was a little pissed that I actually had to use my hands to make a phone call <laughs> yesterday in the old. I'm car. glad that you survived that experience. Yeah, I was kind of frustrated. I was like, "You mean I can't say mm-hmm. okay Google call?" And no. Well, I so, was really frustrated with that. So again, we're back to the distinction between voice search and then mm-hmm. voice assistant. assistant. Yes, correct. And this, so the assistants, I think, yes. are always going to be in demand mm-hmm. and are going to continue to grow. Yes, voice search may not be what everybody thought it. And would be. and to clarify, thank you for bringing that up because this this is about Google Assistant. This this we can go both ways as to whether or not this is a. Google search, what we talk about is Google search and getting SERPs and things like that versus what's the weather, the, the assistant type, you know, uh, or how much is XYZ type of thing. Mm. So, I don't know. Beta, do I don't it. know. I just like being my own filter, you know. I like to be able to do the diligence myself. I agree, and, and, and I, I, I hope, I like to think the majority of people do that. And, that's and, really kind but, of you. <laughs> but that's being um, that's being too too kind. Uh, so, hmm. yeah. yeah, that's what I got, Ashley. All right. Well, switching gears a little bit, uh, Google has updated their search quality rater guidelines Yay! within the last week. So, I saw some headlines cropping up about this this week, and then I finally had a chance to read up about it this morning. And this is something that's always going to interest me. Uh, it has a lot to do with not just the quality of the website itself, but the quality of the content, which does not directly directly contribute to SEO or rankings or anything like that. But if you're not serving up useful, beneficial, helpful information, the user's going to have a bad experience. They're going to leave your site and Google's going to know and they're going to you know, use that information mm-hmm. accordingly. So um, I've seen some chatter in reaction um, to these updates. A lot of people like, why do you care? What, what's, what's the, you know, this doesn't impact SEO. Well, no, but I think SEO should care about this because um, it's not just kind of going back to the discussion of keywords. It's not just about keywords when you're optimizing a site. It's also about making sure the information that's there is... UX. Yes, the UX in terms of information um, and how it's displayed, what yeah, what the user's experience is going to be. So with that, um, ironically, it appears that uh, these new Raider guidelines were taken down by Google this morning. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so I guess um, these guidelines have been used for about 10 years or so, um, but they were only shared publicly by Google in 2015. And I don't know if it's a, it's a factor of Google restructuring their website or, or not, but Barry Schwartz just posted at Search Engine Roundtable this morning that apparently these, the PDF is no longer available. So we will see mm. if um, we're able to actually access and read these guidelines going forward. I'm hoping it's just a temporary thing. Um, it is like over 150 pages. So. Ooh, yeah, light reading, <laughs> light, light reading. reading. But thankfully, uh, Jennifer Slag at the SEMPost shared a great in-depth breakdown of all the changes. This is one of the 
bigger updates that's been made since these were first published. So we'll be sure to share the link on the show notes. So as I said, there's lots to dig through, but it's a very useful document for uh, marketers to consider for websites. Um, and just to kind of back up a little bit, the quality rater guidelines are used by people who Google designates as quality raters who assess whether Google's algorithms are serving up the best content as far as relevance and quality uh, for different queries. Hmm. So again, these, these guidelines don't directly affect any site rankings, but they help inform Google of how they're doing and serving their users. So um, I guess TLDR, it's used to test algorithms. Mm-hmm. So some highlights of these changes is that um, Google has included the phrase Um, for pages having a, quote, beneficial purpose rather than just helpful. So um, they're looking for websites that have a helpful and beneficial purpose. Um, And... and, um, Point of clarity. Well, so, like... Thanks. I guess it's almost like a... I mean, you can see it as a step beyond helpful. It's not just helpful, but it goes the extra mile. I don't know. So I don't know why I chose that for my first point. I guess it's not earth shattering. But uh, <laughs> um, so here's a direct quote: "Better than your closing point." <laughs> and cut. Raiders, so raiders should be able to find the beneficial purpose of a website to rank it high, and likewise, um, and rank as far as um, there's five different um, ratings that these raiders can use. So there's highest quality, high quality, medium, low, and lowest. Um, so raters should be able to find the beneficial purpose of a website to rank it high and likewise um, use the lack of a beneficial purpose to rank a website lower. So if there's no benefit mm-hmm. to a user, then the site should be ranked or rated. Mm-hmm. They, they use some, that is some uh, tricky language. That's some tricky so after, after reading that, do you get asked like on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your pain level? <laughs> and you have or to define have what seven I mean, is. Yes. So, like I mean, yes, uh, that's a good point that these these ratings, it's humans doing it. Um, so it is subjective, which is good because these are humans being served to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so we I should... always have kind of questions about highest versus high. I feel like there's a def- you can definitely tell, like when you look at, Likert, I know it's actually Likert scale. Let's talk about how it's not oh. Likert scale and your whole dreams and lives oh. have been ruined right now. I know, I'm sorry, yeah. I just figured this out. But um, the scale, when you're looking at a five point sounds scale, dirty. I know it sounds gross. Um, the top two and the bottom two, I feel like, how do you differentiate them from each other? I mean, so, you know the difference between low and high, but like, right, what's no, high and highest? That's a good point because for most. In most cases, when you're given that scale, mm-hmm. like in a survey or something like that, you don't really ha- you're mm-hmm. not really given much guidance. No. But um, the, these guidelines do break down, like in a chart. Like these mm-hmm. are the um, oh, qual- not yeah. quali- quality is a poor word um, to use in this context. But the points mm-hmm. that they need to check off, sure. basically, to meet this rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there is an attempt to um, make that happen, make mm-hmm. it standardized. But- but so this seems very off from what Google has led with in the beginning of 2018 with machine learning. So I view this as if there's a human interaction, they know and they've said it, is that humans are not scalable. 
they're going to assist the machine in this mm -hmm. case as mm -hmm. to what is quality and then eventually turn the switch and and let it run that's could be pie in the sky it could be uh just throwing it out there like pat's statement about voice search uh well, but, but i, I imagine it's, it has to, to yes absolutely once so. they teach it enough it mm -hmm. will replicate and yep. it will move yeah. much much faster yeah, so cool. i want to throw in a thought yesterday i called edwards uh help desk ads. Ads. ads google ads team. <laughs> you know what yesterday they answered the phone and said, oh, this is google edwards and sending email from edwards so um <laughs> I, I, we have all that branding down. I so. worked with somebody there on the phone, and um, it was more transactional than uh, mm. questionable. Mm -hmm, it was a, mm -hmm. uh, I had a, um, a limited approval on a certain keyword, and I needed to have um, trademark authority, I, so I just needed to get the contact person to get this approval. So it was more transactional. Like, hey, I need this. He said, mm -hmm. "Okay, here, here's this." And when I was done, I was I had, the, the survey. I had the survey, yep. and was I satisfied? Highly satisfied mm. or extremely satisfied. And I was just simply satisfied. I needed something and I got it. But I wrote extreme. I clicked on the extremely satisfied because I know that he's, his performance review is based on if he was right. extremely and satisfied you got or exactly satisfied. what you need. I got exactly what I need, but right. I didn't jump up and down with excitement. No. And I feel like that's how a lot of these you things You guys aren't like pen pals anymore? No, we're not. <laughs> I, I don't even remember his name. You know, but uh, <laughs> it's. It, I feel like all those surveys are like that. What is the difference between satisfied Mm -hmm. extremely satisfied right. and like monumentally satisfied. And it may be you know? that um, when you're looking at data of sets that large, because there's so much of it, I'm sure they just, I mean, in a, in a regular like research paper or a scientific paper, you would collapse data fields to give yourself more in the satisfied area or the, you know, you wouldn't, right. it, you would collapse it, say good and bad at some point. Yeah. That you met it or you didn't. Right. In order to simplify things. So. But I, I mean, I lied and said extremely so his boss wouldn't be mad at him. Well, that was really nice of you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How does that make you feel about the quality guidelines and standards? <laughs> I think it's totally different. It doesn't really impact how I feel about <clears throat> but if it's a, But if it's human doing it, that was right. my human That's process. Point, yeah. And a human is doing it. So a human is always going to have to go mm -hmm. through that same subject. I, but you weren't given guidelines for what extremely satisfied mm -hmm. meant. And in this case, you're giving, you're giving guidelines, guidelines yeah. saying this yep. is what highest quality means. Which was still subjective to what? Right. No. Well, no, because no, they, they, they have, I mean, there's 150 pages Like little checkboxes or something, like it must meet these criteria before. Right, right. That's not to say there aren't anomalies in the world. Oh, there certainly sure. are, but right? But I think you but, end up with so much data that it doesn't right. even matter. And in order to teach a robot, to, to teach the machine properly, they have to have... Uh, it, there has to be a set of ground rules in order for it to follow best well, yeah, practices. I just, again, I think the, the sheer mass of data is going right. to render sort of what we are feeling right now useless. And if you're following better. best practices or above, that could potentially give you the edge and outperform mm -hmm. others. Um, that's not to say there aren't anomalies and there's spammy shit in the world, mm -hmm. but it, mm -hmm. that could happen. So. so speaking of spammy shit, um, one of the updates to these guidelines Language. Too. <laughs> and I'm just, two. I'm just copying Mom. Everyone always gets in my business about that. Come on. Didn't you not just say that just before me? I yes. don't know. I, I forget yeah. what I said. She repeated you. Mm -hmm. We're just not used to it coming from my children. My children do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> well... Um, part of the updates to the guidelines are also to attack uh, clickbait mm. or um, intentionally um, misinformational, um, potentially dece dece deceptive. There we go. That's the word. Um, 
pages on, mm-hmm. on the web. So um, I have a whole list here that I won't go through, but um, it definitely calls out clickbait or sensational titles oh, that yeah. don't deliver on what they imply, yeah, basically. Sure. So those things are going to be, you know, um, rated uh, lowest. Um, and then, personally, I'm very happy about this. Um, there's a section that calls out those uh, tacky ads with, like, gross images that are commonly on news websites. Um, the services are, you know, Taboola or Outbrain or whatever. You'll never believe so, this new insurance trick in right, Michigan. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, here's a quote from... Can um, you lean in the next time you The see updates. Uh, we expect ads and sponsored content to be visible on huh. pages. However, some ads, sponsored content, or interstitial pages, such as um, pages displayed before or after the content you are expecting make it difficult to use the, sure. the main content on a site. So pages with ads, sponsored content, or other features that distract from or interrupt the use of the main content should be given a low rating. So um, I, I guess what it boils down to, the reason that I love this so much is, you know, going back to the discussion of it's about the people who are using search. Mm-hmm. You, you, nobody wants to look at that crap. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants these interstitials to pop up and keep you from what you're trying to get to. So I love that there are um, procedures in place to try to make the experience the the best possible and penalizing those who are doing just crappy stuff. Um, Now, you know, uh, there's the whole conversation about how Google is trying to keep people on their own site Mm -hmm. more, um, which is a totally other topic. But um, (laughs) I love that for you know, for those queries that are bringing people off of Google, that there's these guidelines in place to help make the algorithms do the best that you can to deliver good, helpful, beneficial I'm curious how that will be read when you go direct to a site, like a news source that has uh, sponsored content Mm -hmm. hidden in their subject lines um, that make it look like it's just another article, but in fact it's a sponsored ad. You know, if I'm going, for example, direct to WashingtonPost.com without going through Google first, mm-hmm. are they still recording data the same way to get those reads in order sure. for the next time someone does a search for Washington Post? What I, along those lines. Mm, that's interesting. It might be a topic to continue your thoughts on. Hmm. So we'll share the the document. It is. It's out. It's fully available. No, not yet. Uh, uh, hopefully, it'll come back. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Jennifer, it was out. It was out. Okay. Um, it's gone now. But Jennifer Slag um, did a great breakdown of all the updates, including you know direct quotes, long quotes of great. these different sections. So even if Google doesn't give us the full document, at least we have these these updates. So cool. We will link to that. Awesome. Yep. That's a lot of information everybody shared this week. So yep. I hope you take the time to digest it. And as soon as we get some additional details on the quality guidelines, I think. I think we'll be able to share that. So. Yeah, um, there's more I could have said, but we'll, we'll keep for another time. I look forward to the blog post then that you, uh, <laughs> the additional content that you create about that that is of quality. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.